This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly, the number one destination for conscious consumers around the world. At Good Together, we value the planet over perfection and believe that you can make positive things happen for the planet every day by being a conscious consumer and an informed citizen. Listen in as I chat with various experts about living and consuming responsibly. Good together, listeners. I am so excited to welcome Max Lamana to the to the podcast today. I mean, having such an amazing TikToker, Instagrammer, etc., is just like a rare treat for us. So we're I'm so excited to talk about all things like low waste, plant based with you. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. That's the first time I, I think anyone has ever introed me as like a, a TikToker and an Instagrammer. <laughs> um, I love it. It's uh, it's there's an it's an, a new day for everything, right? Absolutely. Well, I love how these new channels allow all of us to tell our stories of sustainability in like really quick, fun ways. Like Brightly and Good Together are pretty big on on the socials as well, and I, I've always just had so much fun with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, tell us a little bit about about your background and sort of like what are you up to right now? Ooh, what am I up to right now? <laughs> I, I'm 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 sitting right now. Um... <laughs> Just sitting, just looking outside the window, looking at this beautiful weather. Um, what am I doing right now? I am currently working on recipe videos, looking at you know what people in my audience what they what they want to see, what they're engaging with. Um, I you know with the you know coming out of this pandemic, you know over here in the UK, uh, the price of everything is really kind of going up. And so people are coming to me asking for recipe tips, ways that they can reuse their ingredients at home if they're, you know, what, what can I do with the, the stems of herbs? What can I do with the skins of the potatoes? People are really looking for inspiration uh, to use the food that they already have. So I'm, I'm, I'm working with that, trying to make sure that I, I offer uh, quality content. Um, that's like the the focus every time mm-hmm. I uh, get into the kitchen and I start creating is that this is this should be quality content. That it shouldn't just be something I haphazardly like pull together and put together and throw it up and just like wish that it like you know. I I, I hope that all my content like gets seen and that <laughs> it, it it could potentially you know go viral. But um yeah, focusing on recipes at the moment, making sure that I'm. Uh, working with his uh, working and also working with um, brands and clients uh, in and outside kitchen studios and just trying to keep busy really yeah well I mean the thing that that you just said that really stuck out to me is how you are trying to approach low waste recipes from a budget conscious or accessible approach because I feel like a lot of people, I mean, like, I feel like one of the most common sustainability myths that we run into is, oh, it's too expensive. I can't, I can't do this. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm lost and I, I don't, I don't have the budget for it. And I feel like the old, you know, the old ways of our grandmothers and the, their mm. generation where they like literally wasted nothing are like absolutely a component of being more planet friendly, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not recreating the wheel at all. Like this is how, you know, our ancestors, our grandparents, possibly even our parents uh, cooked. And this is how mm-hmm. they, they made sure that food was saved, that they didn't waste anything. Because at the end of the day, when we look inside our homes, when we go inside our homes, everything we have is basically, you, you bought everything. And if you're looking at the food that you're buying, you, you should buy the food that you know you, you're going to cook. because you, if you're not cooking the food, then you're probably throwing it away. And that's just wasted money. But it's not just wasted money, as you you know. It's wasted transportation. It's wasted packaging. It's wasted, yep. wasted labor, wasted electricity, wasted so much goes into that that, that production, into, into uh, bringing food to supermarkets and into our homes that if we're not using that, then it's getting wasted. And that's, I think, the main thing that people get connected to is, is that it's money. You're wasting money. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And so, yeah, from my perspective, it's such an interesting thing to dive into. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But I'm curious to know, like, you know, tell us a little about your background as a chef and like, how did you get started? And how did your, you know, background start to then meld into this low waste sustainable cooking, uh, you know, area? Like, were you always like this? Or how did you get started? Yeah, I came out the womb. Like as a, <laughs> that's so good. No, 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 no. This, um, this is you know, just like anything, you have to. There's, there's trial. There's trials. There's errors. There's you. you I didn't plan on doing any of this, uh, really. So when I was 20, I moved to New York City uh, to pursue a modeling and acting career. So casting calls, auditions during the day, waiting tables at night. Um, I found myself, you know, working in, in restaurants and, uh, I, so just rewind a little bit. I dropped out of college. So the only thing I knew was restaurants working around food. You know, they say that, they say that you should do what you love and, um, do what you know. And so I love food and I especially love cooking food. So I try to always be surrounded with food in, in, in some shape and form. Um, my very first job, I was a pizza dough boy. So I was making about 200 pizzas a night. So I was, Oh my God. (laughs) At 16, I'm making dough for pizzas that were going to be, uh, uh, made and then sold to obviously customers, people who wanted pizza. Yeah. But I had the, like the very, I, it's like, it was a really crazy tough job for me at 16 to understand like the measurements and making sure that we get the, the right, uh, uh, quantity, like the quantity needed to be correct. So you're not just doing like a small loaf of bread that can feed, you know, four or five people. You're doing dough that can potentially make 400 pizzas. So you have And pizza dough is rough. To, it's hard to make. Like we make our own pizza yeah. dough in my house and my husband's the baker and I watch him do it. And he literally gets out a kitchen scale to do it because it's yeah, like yeah, so yeah, yeah, exact. Yeah. So it's hard. Oh. <laughs> Baking, you need to be you need to be exact. Like, where, whereas if I'm making a, a stir fry or something, I can just kind of throw anything in there and call yeah. it a stir fry. But when it comes to baking and anything that requires, um, you know, you you do need you do need your measurements to be pretty precise. Um, fast forward, um, it wasn't until I was about 27, 28 that I was, you know, uh, I wanted to cook full time and. I loved working in kitchens. I loved working in restaurants. And uh, at the time that I started that, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work full time around food. I'm going to cook. I'm going to see what happens. Um, 
I was working in a kitchen whilst also bartending, but not at the exact same time. Um, I fell in love with the the fast pace and the intensity of the kitchen. And after six months, I started hosting supper clubs and intimate dinners uh, for my friends uh, out of my apartment in Brooklyn. And my friend at the time told me, dude, you should put the, he, yeah, he basically said, dude, um, dude, you should put this on social media. And I just thought, um, okay, sure. I'll give this a shot. I'll, you know, I'll get, I'll give it a try. Cause at the time I was incorporating the whole entire ingredients. Um, so it was a little bit different, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to what people would normally see maybe on their social media already or on television with cooking shows. And a week later I scheduled a photo shoot with a friend of mine who's a photographer. That day I called, I called out or called in, uh, sick to work. And at that photo shoot, I just thought to myself, I, this is what I need to be doing. I need to yeah. broadcast or share what I'm doing, uh, in the kitchen and how I'm incorporating the entire ingredient. Like I know I can help people waste less food. Um, the next day I go into work with the plan that I'm going to quit. I'm going to say, hey, thanks so much. I'm out of here. Um, I'm going to do my own thing now. And I walked into work and they called me into the office and they're like, Max, we're letting you go. I'm like, oh my, gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm like, <laughs> I was going to quit today. And so I had this big smile on my face while they had like, you know, they didn't have a smile on their face. But um, I was like, this is great. This is great news. Like, I think it was like the best firing they've ever had. Um, and then just walked out and just never, never turned back and just been on social media and pursuing and continuing to strive and, and, you know, do the best I can really. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I love that story. It's like totally a sign from the universe (laughs) Mm. that it it was ready to go. Yeah. I kind of had a similar like sign for me to kind of quit my job and go full time with Brightly. Um, we literally, I had been working on Good Together, this podcast, for just a few episodes um, with Lisa. And then literally Apple picked us up uh, as one of their favorite podcasts in the space after just a few episodes. And I remember sitting at my desk, seeing the chart go up and up and just like, oh, my God, I think this is actually happening. <laughs> so it is, it's kind of a funny thing when that hits you over the head, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it is, it is a really like it's a good feeling knowing that you know, you, you take a, you take a leap of faith and, yeah. uh, you, you trust the process and, and you trust that everything, you know, I, I didn't imagine that this would, you know, um, be what it is today. I just yeah. thought I really like what I'm doing and I enjoy it. So if I can wake everything, I can wake up every day that, and be happy doing what I do. Great. Of course, like we live in a capitalist society. So of course we do need to get, make sure that we're getting paid and, make sure that there's food on the table and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, it always went back to, am I happy doing what I do and, um, everything else will follow. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of talking a little bit more about social media and, you know, how you basically started with the dinners, your friend said, Hey, why don't you put this on social? Like, tell me a little bit about how that medium has affected your cooking. Like how do you, how does it affect the way you, for instance, like, look for recipes? Like, are you, you, you mentioned earlier, you're always talking to your community. Like how is social media uniquely affecting the way that you are creating these new sort of upcycled recipes? Yeah. I, I love reaching out to my community, always asking my audience, which foods they're throwing away the most, what recipes they want to see more of. Do they want to see 30 minute recipes? Do they want to see, you know, uh, one, one, um, one pan, 
uh, recipes. They want to see one baking tray recipes or, you know, trying to understand the minds of the viewers I have and the readers that, you know, potentially will read my recipes. It influences what I cook and what I put in the kitchen. Um, it also forces me to be like the person who I say I am by using the ingredients I, you know, using the, the entire ingredient. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I hate wasting food. It all kind of, for me to not, the reason why I didn't waste food from the, from the, from the gecko uh, five, five years ago was that uh, I went, you know, I was working hard and uh, at this restaurant and I wasn't making that much money. Mm-hmm. And so uh, seeing food being thrown away was, you know, again, it goes back to what I said about wasting, wasting money. And I didn't want to waste yeah. any money. I want to make sure that I'm getting everything out of the food that I have. So, but yeah, understanding my audience through, through that, um, through those questions, always asking which recipes they want to see, which, which recipes they want to see more of. And that always, you know, you, I put my own fl- like twist on it. If it's, you know, if, my audience doesn't give me the answers I'm looking for. Like, Hey, do you want pasta tonight? Or do you want risotto? And I'm like, I hope they say pasta. I hope they say pasta. And then maybe they go risotto. I'm like, "Mm, but I feel like making pasta. So I'm going to make pasta. Sometimes it doesn't always, (laughs) it doesn't always work out, but my inspiration also comes from the cookbooks I have. I have maybe over a hundred cookbooks at home. So I constantly just flipping through looking at recipe cookbooks um, YouTube, other creators, um, who are also cooking. And I mean, it's an endless, an endless supply of inspiration on a daily basis. Yeah. And I feel like the other thing that's cool about using social, like in addition to, you know, talking with community, getting inspiration, et cetera, is like, there's sometimes like a little bit of a, if you, if you do a series, for instance, which I know you do, um, you know, that is a good way for you to like kind of flex that creativity, you know, that creativity and, and get really interested in going deep into one area. And so I know that you have a series that talks about cooking what you already have in the fridge before you go to the grocery store. So like, tell me a little bit about like some interesting recipes that you've done or like, how's the community reacted to this? Yeah. Um, some ingredients that people are, so, yeah, some ingredients that people are typically throwing away, or at, or at least from from my audience, it, may, it might be different uh, to to somebody who who's might who, who might be listening in. Uh, broccoli stems and banana peels, the aquafaba, the the liquid that's found in the in the chickpea chickpea mm-hmm. can. Um, so people are throwing away the peels and the skins to onions and garlics and potatoes, um, and and people are throwing away bread which is it baffles yep. me like, bread is one of my favorite foods i know it's so simple and easy but um it sounds like you you, you said your um your partner is a baker um so i'm sure there's yes. a lot of bread coming out of your oven um so yeah people are throwing away precious valuable food but um some of those strange ingredients like i said about broccoli simpson banana peels and the aquafaba um so much could be made from that and it just takes a little bit of creativity like for me Laura, I just walk into the kitchen and I go, hmm, what can I do today that is going to make sure that I use this broccoli stem? You yeah. know, um, broccoli stem is a really easy one. Like you can eat it raw, but you can also rice it by grating it on a box grater. You can steam it and then blend it to make uh, a pesto with aquafaba. Um, you could whip it up to make, you know, uh, it, it resembles egg whites. So you can make really? meringues. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can make meringues to cakes, to pancakes. <laughs> I thought uh, you meant broccoli muffins. stems. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. My gosh, no, that's the, so the, funny. The, no, no, aquafaba. The, 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 aquafaba, sorry. I was like, wow, that is creative. Like, I'm going to try and go, like, make some meringues out of broccoli stems. No, that's that's so interesting. And I, the other thing I was going to ask you too, Max, what about banana peels? Like, what can you do with a banana peel? Um, a lot of things. There's so much you can do with it. You can throw it on the ground and let someone step on it and make it slip and fall. Um, no, don't do not do that. Um, That's like the Looney Tunes version of what the you Looney Tunes version. Yes, exactly. That's like what what kids want to do. They're like, let's throw it on the ground and they'll trip and fall. No. Um, what you can do with banana peels is uh, you can basically I'm trying to let's go with let's go with this recipe first. You can blend it. Uh, first, I would warm it up in the in a bowl with some okay. hot water and some spices, uh, kind of like marinating it. Uh, and then I would blend it so it pulverizes and gets really soft and almost liquidizes uh, okay. with some other ingredients like uh, plant based milk, like oat milk, uh, and use that. At, it would it would it'll look like a smoothie afterwards. Um, and you can't tell that it's banana. You can't tell that it's banana peel, but you'll taste the flavor of banana. Um, and then I'll use that liquid, that smoothie, um, to make cakes, to make banana bread, to make pancakes, muffins, um, all sorts of things. But you can also eat the banana peel how it is by searing it, by sauteing it, uh, and frying it on a, on a frying pan with some spices. So like, a um, like with barbecue sauce and you can make, uh, kind of like a pulled pork in quotes. Um, wow. and you can also bake banana peel. So I would marinate the banana peel overnight and then bake it on a baking sheet until it's nice and crispy and make like a BLT B standing for the banana peel. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I'm going to have to try these. Like they're, it's so creative. And I feel like you, I mean, you're certainly the first person I've heard talk about using banana peels in this way, but I mean, the creativity I think is so interesting. The other thing that kind of comes to mind with me is like teaching kids about this a little bit, like that can be so fun. I feel like to, to do that with a family member and like showcase, you know, Hey, we're not going to throw it on the ground. <laughs> like we're, this is going to, you know, this is how we can utilize it in a really interesting way. And actually Max, that reminded me of another question I had for you, which was, like, what is your stance? You mentioned this a second ago when using like plant-based milk. So like, what is your stance for, for listeners that aren't as familiar with you, um, on, you know, plant forward eating, like, do you eat dairy? What, what are kind of your, your thoughts on that? And then how do you inspire your audience uh, to cook with, with these plant-based ingredients? Great question. So I'm plant-based, uh, and I've been plant-based for five years. First time okay. I went First time I went plant-based was ten years over ten years ago, uh, and then, you know, like it was difficult at the time. Like ten, over ten years ago, it was difficult for me to find inspiration, but difficult to cook and difficult. You know, I was just I was young. I was running around yeah. uh, New York City, not knowing where the where the heck to go for anything. Um, but yeah, five years consistently now, and it's just for me. It's just the way that I cook. Like, there's no how I see like other chefs when they cook, they're not running around beating their chest going, I cook animals or yeah. I'm animal based. Whereas like a lot of vegan activists are like, we're vegan. And they're just like yeah. screaming in everyone's face. 
that's like that does that that doesn't work for me um and you catch more maybe this isn't the best like uh analogy but um you catch more honey you catch more bees with honey right instead oh yeah we talk about this all the time yes yeah so i for me it's just cooking and i i rarely i i have to do it sometimes because people are like wait a second you didn't say it was vegan and i'm like it's always vegan it's always going to be vegan like i just say the ingredient i'll just say oh add milk. And then I'm like, but I prefer oat milk. So I'm using oat milk or add butter. I'm like, sorry, vegan butter. Because for me, it's food. And I don't need to always like, (laughs) I'm trying to say I'm trying to speak less these days. I speak so much. So if I can save on one word uh, per ingredient, then um, yeah, I can (laughs) I I can save my voice. But yeah, for me, it's, it's it's food. Yeah. Uh, and and I think I catch and I think not catch, but I think I uh lure more people in into plant-based eating because it's more approachable than than someone saying, "You need to eat this. You know, this is yeah. going to save the planet." Um and you know what? Everyone people are going to do what they want to do at the end of the day, and I think, "Hey, this is how I cook. Join me if you want to. Hopefully it inspires you to to put more plants on your plate. Hopefully it inspires you to to be creative in the kitchen. Hopefully it gets you in the kitchen to start cooking, or maybe it inspires you to cook uh, with the food that you already have and waste less food. So um, it's all, you know, for me, it's all inspiration. Absolutely. And I, we have the same thought process here at Good Together and Brightly. I mean, truly the more we can get people to do these things every day without thinking like, oh, I have to be plant-based or whatever. It just becomes part of their, their normal lifestyle. I mean, I also love giving somebody a good swap and then they just use that forever, right? For instance, um, I think most of us are familiar with quote unquote vegan butter. A lot of times it's margarine. um, And a lot of times we've used that previously. So just like, I don't know, finding ways to do these small steps every day can be so impactful. Um, We actually, we've done, uh, we did a decent amount of research as we usually do for all these episodes. You and I have been just going down on some awesome little paths. So I haven't like thrown any facts in here like I normally do, but listeners, you know, I love a good uh, statistic or a fact. And, you know, one of the interesting statistics that came up with us is, you know, obviously our research continually shows that eating a more plant forward diet is one of the most effective ways that individuals can help fight climate change just because of the carbon and water footprint of, of meat. Um, and actually if you do these tiny little swaps every day, you can reduce your individual carbon footprint by up to 48% just in your diet. So people ask a lot of times about, everything else they can do. And we talk about that, you know, ad nauseum, like transportation, et cetera. But starting with your diet can be really, really impactful. Um, But for those who aren't vegan or have maybe not even done too many plant-based swaps, like we just talked a little bit about vegan butter, like what are some other recommendations that you like to throw in there, especially with your, with your community on social? Oh, that's a great one. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of dishes, uh, there's dishes that are already like naturally vegan, um, that are out there. So a lot of like Asian cuisine, a lot of Indian cuisine, a lot of Italian dishes too. I mean, I mean, you can have a pizza without the cheese or you can have your, yeah, you know, your plant-based, your vegan cheese on top if you'd like. 
Um, but a lot of dishes, like without us even knowing, um, there's a lot of dishes that are already vegan, including snacks too. Um, like Oreos have always been vegan. <laughs> yeah, like we call those accidentally vegan. <laughs> yeah, those That's accidentally right. <laughs> vegan um, snacks. Um, I love when <laughs> I remember someone saying to me, oh, I, I hate vegan food. And I, I, I bumped into somebody who was at, the, at a farmer's market and they just came up to me and they said, hey, I've seen your content before. Sorry, he didn't talk like this. He didn't have that. <laughs> but he said, hey, I've seen your content before. Um, I'm not vegan, um, but like, I just can't get behind it. I don't, I don't have anything that's vegan in my household. I'm like, I was like, wait a second. And then because he was like coming at me, I just wanted, I, I kind of gave it back to him a little bit. And I was like, wait a second. So you don't use salt? You don't use black pepper. You don't use, uh, you don't even have vegetables. You don't, do you have fruits? And he's like, yeah. I was like, those are vegan. Like the season, the, the, the food that you're eating that is probably not plant-based, like the, the meat based, uh, animal based products that you're using when you're cooking and frying and whatever you're doing, baking, you're probably using some sort of vegan, uh, ingredient to go with it. Yeah. You know, like the spite, like no one, no one thinks this, but like spices, majority of spices are, are, are already plant-based, right? Yes. I know it's so, I know it's such a small thing, but it's, I think re re kind of like shaping and informing them to, to, uh, to rethink and reassess, Oh wait, maybe I already am doing this. And I think that can lead them down a path of like incorporating more plants to their dish. I know it's such a small thing, but, um, it's, it is what it is. It's huge. I mean, it's huge. Mm. Actually, we, my husband and I, we just did a, um, uh, I, so first of all, we're huge fans of the Instant Pot. Like, I used to be known as, like, the Instant Pot girl because I don't know why. I just love that it's so quick. Um, I was a crock pot girl, like, early on because I'm from Texas <laughs> and everything is slow cooker. But now I'm an Instant Pot girl. Um, but there's this amazing recipe for a cauliflower curry that you can actually make ahead of time, throw in the freezer. You basically throw all the raw ingredients in the freezer um, in, you know, your choice of uh, sustainable container. And then when it's time to eat, you literally just like chuck all that in the Instant Pot. You make it and it's it's vegan. It's got coconut milk, cauliflower, red curry paste. And like, it's so good. Like you literally, you, you cannot tell that there is not meat in there. Like, so you're right. Finding recipes that we've also done a really good, um, Italian recipe recently that didn't have any meat and just thinking through that, like hero recipes, right? I feel like are such a good way for people to get into the space, right? <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, that's if people want to incorporate, you know, more plants on their plate, I think look at the recipes that you're already cooking at home, the ones that you, you love already and find the vegan swap alternative because there's probably going to be a recipe out there that shows how to cook that recipe plant-based. Um, so it's all, it's just a little bit of research and a little bit of, you know, digging around and maybe then going to the shop to buy those ingredients that you need. But, um, yeah, it's out there for you. There's no excuse. Unless, (laughs) unless, unless you live in an area that is, you know, you live in a food desert or you're, you don't have uh, the, the, uh, accessibility to to buying those ingredients because that's another thing I wanted to mention is that it can be yes. also difficult for people who uh, don't have the accessibility or the time or the money to do that. So uh, I always preface this with like, I, it's a privilege to cook and eat this way. 
um, because it's not accessible for, for, for all. Absolutely. No, you're, you're, you're totally right. And it can be so difficult for people to have access to some of this produce, like we're talking about, both from a budgetary and, you know, a location based perspective. So you're right, we also talk a lot about this and just making sure people know that like, whatever way that they can show up helps and, you know, to not feel guilty if, if they don't have access, like that's totally fine. There's about 8,000 other things to worry about in life, but you know, just, just having people show up the way they are is, is so yeah. important. Um, and actually on the subject of like em- empowering people and like getting them excited about some of these swaps, um, I'd love to know, like, I mean, first of all, I feel like TikTok is so obsessed with hyperfixation. They're like hyperfixating on hyperfixation, which means like this this concept listeners is like eating the same meal over and over again. And then either you get totally sick of it and you never eat it again or you never get sick of it. So like, is there like an interesting hyperfixation plant-based meal that you have? Or if not, maybe like what's like one of your go-tos when you when you're ready to to to, to eat? Yeah, I I have one, and I just say to my wife, I'm like tofu noodles, and she's like, yes. So um, <laughs> tofu noodles, tell us what yeah, is two two words, um, tofu noodles. So um, basically, what I'll do with all right, here we go from the stop from the top. I will <laughs> press my tofu. I'll cut into cubes. Press my to- will press my tofu. Then um, uh, chop my tofu into cubes. Uh, cover it in corn flour. So. I- has like a nice uh, dry coating on the outside in a frying pan. I'll add a little bit of like vegetable oil so it can get nice and crispy on the outside for the, uh, for the tofu when it's uh, getting all crispy. Cause I yeah. love, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to evoke or bring in crunch and flavors and textures into, into a lot of plant-based dishes. Some, some of the times, um, while that is getting all nice and crispy, I'm, I'm adding noodles to a front, to a saucepan, uh, make sure that they cook down. And then with the last like three minutes of, of cooking, I add broccoli, uh, florets and the broccoli stem and some chopped up carrots in the water with the noodles. Um, oh, wow. let them cook and kind of like steam kind of cook in the hot water with the noodles. Um, and this dish probably takes like 10 minutes to make. So I can do this uh, you know, fairly quickly. Cause it's something we probably have twice, two or three times a week. Um, so yeah, <laughs> once that's, once that done, we, we drain, drain the noodles, drain the broccoli and carrots, um, add them to a bowl, add the tofu. And then on the side, while everything is like cooking and doing its thing, I have like two minutes to make a sauce and I add peanut butter, soy sauce or tamari, sesame oil, rice vinegar, a, like a drop of maple syrup and a pinch of red chili flakes in a jar, empty jam jar and give it a shake until it's nice, creamy and like velvety. Uh, and then pour that, pour that peanut, uh, sesame, uh, soy sauce over the top of the noodles and steamed veggie and noodles. And I'm a, you said you're a crock pot and instant pot girl. I'm a condiment guy. So I'm like crushed chilies, coriander, chopped up spring onions, Yep. Uh, maybe like a toasted nut seed mix. I'm literally mm-hmm. just like throwing on all the toppings, all the condiments, hot sauce, sriracha, that sort of thing. And that's, that's it. So good. That's, that's my go-to dinner dish. And we had, did we have it last night? We had it last night. So <laughs> yeah. I, I love we, it. No, that's yeah. so good. And actually the power of making your own sauce, like, mm 
it phenomenal, right? I think a lot of people, myself included, are kind of intimidated by that. We're just like so used to like, I don't know, getting meals out that are that have these like seemingly complex sauces or dressings, mm. but they're actually not that hard to make. And it's kind of like an unlock once you figure that out, right? It is an unlock. So I think what like a, a good sauce, there's like two sauces that come to mind, but I know there's so many. Um, sauces, I think, require... Uh, a, like a, a fat oil of some sort okay. or maybe yeah. like a, um, a more like protein rich um, ingredient. So maybe it is olive oil or it's peanut butter or t- tahini as like the base. And then you can add citrus or vinegar that keep, that gets that sharpness. Um, and that, if you can play with those two, those two flavors, then you can start incorporating other, other flavors and other ingredients to really kind of like enhance where you want to go. But I think it always starts with like uh, a kind of like, I say fat, but yeah, I guess it's like a, like a rich fat oil or ingredient like peanut butter or tahini or oil, like an olive oil. And then having that sharp uh, acidic note that comes through and you could play with that. And um, yeah. The balance is so key. Like the it's is key. so at the recording of this, it's like roughly nine forty-five my time. I know you're over in the UK, so we're like totally two different time zones right now. But like, I just had breakfast, but now I want to go make some like savory lunch item because this is making me very hungry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. I love I it. Love I love it. it. <laughs> uh, Max, so like this has been amazing talking with you. I feel like you and I could talk about this all day long. I like totally want to meet up and do some recipes and cooking together. So let's make that happen sometime because I think we'd have so much fun. Um, Absolutely. But uh, like kind of closing things out, you know, as a listener of the podcast, we typically like to end our conversations with the same question that we ask our guests, which is like, from your point of view, uh, what is so exciting to you about the sort of things going on in the ethical and sustainable movement right now? What I what I think is most exciting is seeing the options that are out there right now. The options re- in regards to plant-based plant-based eating. Um, there's more and more shelves that are clearing out and putting up more uh, plant-based options for people. I'm seeing my family and my friends. I'm seeing neighbors you know, people that I know, people that I don't know, people I'm meeting along the way who are saying, this is incredible. Have you tried this? And, and, you know, for me, for somebody who went plant-based, you know, over 10 years ago to, to now it's, it's night and day. It's incredible to see the options. And that's, what's really uh, exciting. And what's inspires me that this, uh, this can continue this way and that it'll give people options to try new foods. Um, And so that's what excites me. That's awesome. Well, Max, this has been so exciting to talk with you. Listeners, if you haven't followed Max, you can find him at Max Lamana on pretty much all of the socials. He's got some amazing recipes and content there, especially TikTok and Instagram. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll have links to sort of more, more goodies in our show notes, including Max's cookbook. So don't forget to check those out. But um, Max, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me and let's meet up and, uh, and, and, and cook and eat. Yeah, let's get and, cooking. Um, let's get cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And as a special thank you to our listeners, use code GOODTOGETHER to get 10% off all products in Brightly's brand new shop full of planet positive swaps for your home. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social, where I know you can find us at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.